0: It's over, it's over, it's just over. (sighs) Over. April 27th, after a great NBA season. This is the end for the Chicago Bulls. They were the number one team in the Eastern Conference for a majority of the first half of the season. They looked dominant, so good. DeMar DeRozan, MVP caliber numbers season. Ayo DeSumo, top five for Rookie of the Year. Zach Levine, legit NBA All-Star. Nikola Vucevic, borderline All-Star. Didn't make it, but he could have, maybe. Lonzo Ball, playing great basketball. Alex Caruso, people that didn't even know who he was, then were like, oh my gosh, this dude is such a great player. And then it crumbled. Caruso got hurt. Lonzo Ball got hurt. Troy Brown got hurt. Derek Jones got hurt. Levine was in and out of the lineup. DeRozan had COVID protocols. And after the All-Star break, when things were looking promising and the Bulls were gonna have a breakout season and maybe push far in the playoffs, it went downhill quickly. They couldn't play defense. Seemed like everybody was scoring 120, 130 points on the Bulls. And they figured out the offense. If DeMar DeRozan's not hitting his mid-range game, It's over. Zach Levine would come in spurts, but he was not the crazy amazing scorer that he's been his entire career. He was off just a little bit. Don't know if it was his knee or what it was, but he was just off just a tad for a lot of the season. Vucevic would score 21 game and then eight the next. Kobe White went off for like a month and then had a disastrous two weeks right after that. They just couldn't get everything to click at the right time. And I know I sound very pessimistic and man, uh, lost in the first round, but it was a lot of fun to watch. One of my favorite Bulls teams in the last few years, especially since Derek Rose. I think this is my favorite since Derek Rose, no doubt about it. DeMar DeRozan was amazing to watch. He's not going to win the MVP, but he better be on the first team or second team All NBA team. He's got to be, right? Has to be. But we start off this somber note. Because Chicago lost Game Five to the Milwaukee Bucks tonight, just an hour or so ago, 116-100, lost the first-round series 4-1. When they got matched up with the Milwaukee Bucks, I kinda already knew it was over for the Bulls. I am never gonna say, "Oh, my team's out of there; they're never gonna win." I'm not that guy. I'm gonna root and root and root till I can't root no more. However, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks have been. Owning the Chicago Bulls for like the last two or three seasons. Game one, Bucks win 93-86. Game two, DeMar DeRozan went off for forty one points to help the Bulls win one fourteen to one ten. Between those two games, there was an eleven point difference in both of them. Games three, four, and five, the Bulls lost by fifty five points. Game three, Bucks won one eleven to eighty one. Game four. Bucks got the W, 119 to 95. Game five, like I just said, 116 to 100. After the first two games, the Bucks figured it out. Giannis went nuts and said, "Okay, we're doing this." The crazy thing is, is after game two, Chris Middleton was out. He hasn't played any of the last three games. So arguably your second best player, it's either him or Drew Holiday. You pick and choose. I would say Middleton, even though I do love Holiday, but Middleton to me is a better player, just a tad. Not by a lot, but just a tad. And they get beat by 55 points in three games. Giannis went. Giannis level. Brooke Lopez is playing amazing. Grayson Allen all of a sudden is Ray Allen. And Pat Connington's coming off the bench draining threes like nothing. The Bucks have a legit team. And it was scary, and I kind of knew this coming into the first round, that there's going to be a lot for the Chicago Bulls to advance out of the series. And they just didn't have it. In the Game 5, the Bulls were led by Patrick Williams, who had 23 points. Vucevic had 19 points and 16 rebounds for a nice double-dub. DeMar DeRozan, 11 points and 7 assists. They needed way more from him. Kobe White, 17, and Troy Brown Jr., 10 points, both White and Brown, off the bench. And Zach Levine did not play. Not suited up. For the Bucks. Giannis, 33 points and 9 rebounds. Bobby Portis, 14 points, 17 rebounds. Brooke Lopez, 12 points, 5 rebounds. Drew Holiday, 10 points, 9 assists, 1 assist shy of a double-dub. And off their bench, Connington was 6 of 9 from 3, had 20 points. And Grayson Allen had 13 points as he was 3 of 6 from 3. I'm excited to see what the Bulls do. I wish they would have made some moves before a trade deadline. I know that means that Patrick Williams or Kobe White were going to be gone. Like that, those were their main trade pieces. Because you don't want to trade Levine. You're not trading DeRozan. You're not trading Vucevic. You're not going to get a lot from Troy Brown, Derrick Jones. You're just not. So your top two pieces are Kobe White and Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is in his second year. Kobe White, I think, is in his third. Both can shoot the ball. They both need help on defense. But Patrick Williams, it seems like game in and game out, he's just getting better and better and better. Which I never thought I'd agree with, but he's showing it. So who are you really going to get rid of? We need big guys. I'm glad they brought in Tristan Thompson. That was a good pickup. Rebounds, he's tough, he's a veteran, but he wasn't enough to help them get over the hump. Not at all. So I'm very interested to see what kind of moves they're gonna make. They're kind of in a tough situation like, hey, we got a lot of pieces we like, but we need a lot of pieces we like that's gonna help us win. That's the key, right? That's the key to all this. So you can like a player, but if they're not helping you win, get to the next level, then maybe you gotta make some moves. Or maybe they keep this team together for another season. And see what happens if they're all healthy. But that's if. What team is always healthy every year? None. None. Not at all. So, we'll see what happens. I'm always going to be very really positive on the Bulls. I thought it was a great season. Obviously, I wish they would have pushed further in the postseason. But all season long, every single game, you're like, the Bulls can win this. The Bulls are fun to watch. The Bulls are on the top of the Eastern Conference. A top five, a top six team. All year long. It's been a long time since the Bulls have been able to say that. So we got to keep positive. Lots of positives about this season. Hopefully next year, even more. This show, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, is brought to you by Mendota Ford. A community dealership that is here for you. I'm your host, Brandon LaChance. This is episode 222, 222 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Thanks for listening. Always appreciate the love, the support, the clicks, the downloads, the favorites, the shares, all of those things. Please keep doing it. We'll keep bringing you shows as often as we can. And we're picking them up. If you haven't noticed, we've been getting back to where we had started off at. We were at three shows a week for a long time. And then whew, <laughs> seemed like the world for a long time has just kind of dropped on the head of everybody involved. But those things are changing. Things are good. Life is good. Pretty awesome, actually. And we're getting some shows out to you. Where can you listen to these? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Edge of Your Seat Podcast website. www.rss.com backslash podcasts with an S. It's plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Social media. You know we're on there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your CP. If you have any questions, suggestions, you want to be a guest, you know somebody that would be a good guest, you don't like something I said, you do like something I said, or the same with a guest, send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we got a guest. Every single episode of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we have a guest. We got Mendota native, Nathan Blanton. We talked to him in November, right after he got done with a fight. He was fighting in the Peoria Fight Club, and I'm talking about, this is a fight club. It was in a a nightclub type of building, right outside of Peoria. And instead of a ring or an octagon, there was just flat black mats. And instead of having ropes or a gate or a railing, they just had people. Push you back in, make sure you're cool, get in the way... There was chairs, and maybe get hurt, everything. (laughs) It it was a legit fight club. You're just like, man, what's really going to happen here? But Blanton got the win. It was cool to see. So he talked right after that. He was very pumped up, talking about what he's doing next. And now we got a next. His next fight is an official MMA brawl, or submission lockdown, or whatever type of fight that it becomes. That's what I love about MMA. You never know what's happening in mixed martial arts. Whether they're gonna get knocked out with an uppercut, taken down to their ankles and get a little twist in there, an arm bar. You never know how it's gonna end. But he's gonna do it, or he's gonna to try to do it June 4th in Gary, Indiana, against this competition, Cesar Ortega. I'm already trying to get tickets. We gotta bring Edge of your C podcast there, see what Blanton can do. I got all kinds of faith in this kid, I see his dedication. The way he's changed his body, he's morphed it. He'll call himself fat, I'll say a little chubby. This dude is none of the above. He's kinda of ripped, he's been training, he's been doing everything that he needs to do to be a fighter and that's what he's doing. He talks about it all on this combo that we have with him so I'm not gonna say any more. but if you can get out to Gary Indiana for his fight June 4th, please do. Give the man some support, he deserves it. You'll have a good time watching him fight He's good, he's good, he's entertaining. I had a blast watching him when he fought outside of Peoria. I keep saying outside of Peoria because I can't remember the tone. I haven't edited that part yet. So once you hear it, when we say it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's the tone he's talking about. But right outside of Peoria. I decided to get the intro done first and then edit it all together. Most of the time, I'll edit the interview and then go do the intro, put it all together. But we're gonna switch it up today. If you're friends with him on Facebook, He's got the flyer everywhere. If you've seen this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, the flyers posted with this very, very podcast in the link. See if you can make the arrangements and get down and see him. Trust me, it'll be worth your time. We just broke down the Bulls and what they did in the first round. Let's catch up with the rest of the NBA. I've been trying to watch as many as possible. I think I've watched them all except like two. Yeah, I'm an NBA junkie. But that's why we do podcasts. And when we talk about sports, you got to love it and got to watch it and got to be interested in it, right? That's the point of this. In the Eastern Conference, Miami advanced, knocking out Atlanta 4-1. I thought they were going to sweep them. Atlanta got a game on them. Good for Atlanta. Miami just too dominant. Philadelphia, Toronto. Philly right now has a 3-2 lead. Philly came out of the gate looking like they were going to sweep them. Just dominant, just playing well. And then James Harden's kind of been a no show. If James Harden's a no show, I don't know how far Philly's gonna get. Toronto's hungry. They got good players. They're not a horrible team by any means. I mean, Philly's the four seed, Toronto's the five seed coming into the playoffs. This isn't playing game teams. But if Philly doesn't wrap it up soon, they may be in trouble. Whoever wins that will play Miami. The series we were talking about earlier Bucks beat the Bulls 4 1. They're going to play the Boston Celtics, who thank you, Boston. Thank you, Jason Tatum, for being amazing. Thank you, Jalen Brown. Thank you, Marcus Smart. Thank you, the Boston Celtics, for sweeping the Brooklyn Nets 4-0. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. I'm a Kevin Durant fan. I like his game. I think he's going to end as a top 15 to 20 player of all time. Yeah, at least elite scorer-wise. Maybe not all-around player. But elite score-wise, he's going to finish top 15, top 20 of all time, hands down. I don't think there's any way he doesn't. But I'm tired of super teams. I'm tired of like, oh my gosh, let's put James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same team while they're still in their prime. And then let's put LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and throw some more people that have been around for a while that are experienced vets that want to win a championship. I'm kind of getting sick of it. It's like every single year. So to see them get knocked out in the first round by Boston, man, I loved it. Got to throw in Al Horford too. Love that guy. Always have. It was fantastic to see. So Bucks and Celtics is going to be amazing. I kind of want to pick the Celtics, but I think the Bucks have a better team. And Giannis has been just dominating. So in all honesty, I'm going to go Bucs, but I really, really want the Celtics to win. In the Western Conference, only one series is locked up at the top of the bracket. The Phoenix Suns, New Orleans Pelicans, the Suns have a 3-2 lead on that one. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Devin Booker got hurt, unfortunately. The Pelicans came to play. They were not backing down from anybody. Didn't matter if they were playing the best team in the Western Conference. They did not care. Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum playing lights-out basketball. So this might go seven. It possibly could. Whoever wins that will play the winner of the Dallas Mavericks, Utah Jazz, the Mavs, the 4C, the Jazz, the 5C. Dallas has a 3-2 lead. I don't see how they don't take the 6th game. The Mavericks win 2 out of 4 without Luka Doncic. He comes back and the man goes off. Off. If he plays anywhere near that in the next game, game 6, it's over. There's no chance. They just blew out the Jazz by like 30, I think, in the last game. It's over. The one series that is clinched just happened. Probably about... 20 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. I was waiting to see what happened to that before I pushed the record button. Golden State Warriors knocked out the Denver Nuggets. 4-1 in the series. I feel bad for Nikola Jokic. He's probably going to be the MVP. He was the MVP last year. They got swept last year. This year, they only win one game in the first round of the playoffs. So the best player in the league can't win two games in the first round of the playoffs it's not his fault he is obviously doing everything that he can to get where he needs to the team around him is really not formidable that's not his fault but it makes it look bad when your mvp of the season can't go anywhere in the playoffs but it is the mvp award of the regular season that's what it is it's not the mvp of the regular season and the playoffs that's not how it works I hope they can put something around him to make this a little different in the future. If they want to keep him, they have to put something around him. Otherwise, he's going to bolt. He'll be a Laker or something. He can come to the Bulls. I'm cool with that. Then the last series of the Western Conference has been amazing to watch. The number two seeded Memphis Grizzlies, number seven Minnesota Timberwolves. Man, this is a battle. Memphis took the 3-2 series lead last night. It was a tied game. 1.7 1.7 seconds on the clock john Morant gets the ball takes it to the rack does a crazy maneuver where he's stretching his back in like seven different places and his arms looking like he's a gorilla about to swing off different vines like in the middle of the air and lays it up leaves minnesota a second left and carl anthony towns is nowhere near the three-fourths court three-pointer just crazy and they battled back and forth the entire game and this is after game four when minnesota had a 26 point lead memphis battles back then minnesota gets another 20 point lead in the same game and memphis comes back and wins by nine points this series has been a blast john Morant is the real deal i can't wait to continue to watch his career and see what he does freak athlete he's gonna have to put on some poundage or some weight of some sort some muscle because that dude is really skinny and gets thumped all around every time he goes up in the air that means it's gonna lead to injury if he doesn't do something about it but at the time being he is a blast to watch i don't really care who gets out of this series it's a lot of fun that's all i know and whoever does get out is gonna lose the golden state in the next round anyway Golden State. (laughs) Uh, With Devin Booker getting hurt, Golden State may be the best team left in the playoffs. Seriously. If you listen to episode 221, we talked about Friday Night Lights, the TV show 2006 to 2011, I believe. And I said I had three shows left to watch before I call it quits, before it's over. And I watched them right after the show. So I got the whole show in. Watched every single episode. I don't do that to a lot of shows, I'm not going to lie but we're talking football, it was a drama, I don't even really watch dramas, but it was entertaining and I could relate to a lot of the characters. Final three episodes, it kind of ended okay, like I really wasn't disappointed, like in a show like that and seeing how things were developing, it wasn't rushed, it was laid out and planned, like things that had happened throughout the show in the last couple seasons, it all made sense for how it It ended for every character, for Coach Taylor, for Tim Riggins, for Matt Saracen, for Julie Taylor, for Tammy Taylor, for Vince Howard, all those characters. It all just made sense. Everything just rolled out. Usually you can tell when it's rushed, like it's like, all right, we just got to throw a show together and call it quits. This wasn't the case. They did a really, really good job of wrapping things up and keeping the characters how they were without, again, rushing to make things just end, because that's what happens. The characters become really weird or wonky or that character wouldn't do that. If this is the same character that you had on at the end of the last season to now, why do you have them doing that? Like it just doesn't make sense in real life. But these did. All of the endings did. They did a really good job. Also watched Joker. I've seen it before, but I put it on again. Man I love that movie. <laughs> Man. Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. One of the best if you ask me. The dude is just amazing. He played the role of Joker so well. I'm not going to rank him. It's really hard with Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson, and that's not fair to any of them. They all are amazing actors in their own right, and all did a great job as Joker. There's no doubt about that. I would feel bad ranking him. I always rank or say what I like better than everything else, so I kind of feel really guilty not doing it in this sense, but it's just really, really hard. Heath Ledger was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Joaquin Phoenix, wow, 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 wow. He had me believing that he was on meds and going crazy and that he was banging his head off the walls as I was watching the show, like in real life. That's how good he did it, man. If you have not seen The Joker, I definitely recommend you go and do that. My next up on my watching list, I got The New Batman, just came out, and The Star Rock Murderer. Started watching the first one when it first came out and then have gotten crazy sidetracked. I know a lot of the story, Obviously, I'm from the same area. Starved Rock, as soon as you're here, you hear about the Starved Rock murderers from the 1960s instantly. There's books written and all kinds of things documented and stuff around here. I know people that knew him personally. I know people that knew his family and where he lived and knew him when he was working at Starved Rock in the kitchen. So, of course, stories galore, rumors galore, all kinds of things. So I really kind of want to watch this documentary and see what they have to say. And how they say it. Let's have words from our sponsors. And then we're going to get to Nathan Blanton. The man. The fighter. Like I said. If you can get to Gary, Indiana. On June 4th. Go catch this MMA fight. Nathan Blanton versus Cesar Ortega. It's going to be a good one. If you need any other details. Send an email. Edge of your seat At gmail.com. Or check out the flyer on. Edge of your seat podcast. Facebook and Twitter, or if you personally know Nathan Blanton or just want to add him, follow him on Facebook, he's got it on there too. Reach out to him. Get to his fight. It'll be a good time. This show is brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town, the staff of General Manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranik, pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond a relationship to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Doug Safranik is from Mendota, Basketball Player of the Year in 2003, and is ready to use his knowledge of vehicles to connect with your wishes to get you the vehicle you're searching for. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for six years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every single way possible. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family, Ski, Jason, and Doug will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with, Mendota Ford. We're at the end of April. It's the 27th. They're saying it's spring. It's still a little cold, a little windy, a little chilly. Still got to wear a hoodie or a jacket. Not even like a windbreaker. You're still wearing like a jacket. Not winter jacket, but somewhere in between, on the heavier side. But we're so close to nice weather. So close to those outside family gatherings. And in preparation, we have to have everything ready to go. We need the yard landscaped. The grill full of charcoal or new gas tanks. And of course, our home looking amazing. It's the perfect time for those renovations to showcase your humble abode, your asylum, your world, your home. Olson Construction is a licensed and insured family-owned and operated company that prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson have the skills and the 10 years of experience to install, demolish, build, recreate, calculate, formulate, and percolate it's time for the percolator home renovations in any room hallway staircase garage shed or basement for a free estimate call 815-910-5982 check out the olsen construction llc page on facebook or send an email to olsenconstruction19 at gmail.com well that's a wrap on the intro episode 222 let's listen to nathan blanton talk about the fight talk about the fight that he had in november and how excited he was for his future Well, now his future is here until next time peace man this past weekend i had a lot going on i was bouncing around the state of illinois but one amazing thing i got a chance to do was go out to bartonville and watch mendota's own nathaniel blanton get down in i don't know if you want to call it a ring mats wasn't an octagon it was some sort of just black mat on the floor which at first i was like what is this and then it turned out to be pretty cool we got him right here nathaniel what is going on my dude how are you doing brandon i am doing really well and i was even better over this past weekend on saturday to watch you in bartonville part of peoria fight club and it was pretty awesome
1: yeah i mean it's a great place to be honestly uh you know I love it, you know, and I especially love bringing people out to have a good time because, you know, it's, it's just a really fun uh, environment.
0: We'll just start from the beginning and work our way up till Saturday. How did you get involved in this and just wanting to fight?
1: Basically, uh, their main advertisement is through Facebook and YouTube. And um, actually one of my friends, Quentin Bailey, who trains with me. Actually currently he's, he's enlisted, so he's gone. But I had seen one of his fights on Facebook, and I had asked him how, you know he got into that and he just gave me uh, the information, which uh, is uh, Robert Bryant. He's the one that started all of this in his backyard. So basically, I just sent him a message, told him I was interested. And, you know, it's kind of a situation where you kind of find your own opponents, uh, at least at first. You you kind of have to climb the ranks. But yeah, no, I just I found him on Facebook and it piqued my interest and I uh, took the leap.
0: So I started to describe what it was, so you walk into this, looks like it's a nightclub, it's got a bar, it's got a DJ booth, VIP section, stuff like that, then you can walk upstairs and it's got another bar, some lounge chairs, some couches, it looks real comfy, and you can look down over the, you know, dance floor, or in this case, the the fighting mats, is it weird fighting on those mats, it's just black mats on a hardwood floor, that's gotta hurt.
1: Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, well, to be honest with you, I haven't actually experienced the the forefront of the, the mats yet, but I'm sure eventually I will. And yeah, that's one thing I, I believe they need to upgrade on. But, you know, it, it did start in his backyard where they basically just tied ropes around a couple of trees and. From where they started to where they are now, uh, I know that they're still progressing, still figuring out ways to make it safer and better for the fighters. But yeah, no, the the mats are uh, they're definitely a little intimidating, that's f- for sure. Boxing not so much, but when you do an MMA match,
0: you definitely uh, definitely want to avoid being slammed. Is this sanctioned, or is there licensing and all that stuff that Robert had to do to you know make this thing happen?
1: I am not too sure about the license part of it, like, um, or like it being sanctioned, but I do know that uh, he got approval from the governor of Peoria, and it was actually in the papers. The city of Peoria looks at it as like a, a movement, you know, their, their motto is gloves up, guns down, you know, it's supposed to be a way to help the kids. And, you know, people just get out of the streets, stop using guns to solve their problems, and be able to put on some gloves and fight like men and walk away and to be able to live another day i know when you came they did not have emts on ready like ready outside usually they do usually they have an ambulance outside and emts with uh ready for any situation that could uh, happen
0: gotcha and when you said governor did you mean mayor Mayor. Yes,
1: I, I, that's, yes, that's what I meant,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem, no problem. <laughs> I was going to say, man, Peoria's got its own governor, wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, no the, the mayor gave uh, the approval on that, and actually, I don't know if it went any further, but Robert, the CEO of it, was trying to start a boxing, something like it, basically he wanted to teach boxing to schools, like. He wanted to go to like the high schools around Peoria and teach boxing and start like uh, an extra curricular for boxing for kids and after school and stuff.
0: And I seen Robert while I was there in Bartonville and he is not a very big guy. He's not really that tall. He's really, really skinny. Doesn't look like he was a fighter or could fight, but I could definitely be wrong. Have you seen him fight? Is that why he's got this love, this passion for this craft? Uh, yes,
1: actually, he has two fights in PFC. Now, granted, the one opponent, his first opponent, pretty sure he had beef with or something like that. It wasn't really like uh, broadcasted as a beef match, but I, I do recall him saying that in the past they had problems, and he did win that fight, and then he had a second fight with uh, someone who doesn't fight anymore, but he didn't really have too much of an impressive record. And he also beat him. So he is 2-0, technically, and is fighting. From what I've seen, he's more of a trainer, because one of the fighters is actually his nephew, um, Young Bull, who's actually gonna be fighting my opponent that I just beat. He trains him, so he's more of a, a trainer and just the CEO, but he does—he does fight.
0: When you got involved in this, and especially since after, I know you've heard the line from the movie Fight Club. What's the first rule of the Fight Club? <laughs> Don't talk about the Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And we're talking about the Fight Club for a podcast. So are we going to get beat up or jumped?
1: Oh no! I'm sure he um, is going to appreciate this. You know, he's definitely wanting the you know PFC to be more widely known he's trying to get the name out there and i mean as you can see you know why wouldn't he uh i think what he's doing is pretty amazing uh you know it's met a lot of good people there of course it's peoria and we all know that bigger cities there comes with problems and you know you'll get those few people that like to cause problems but all around you're going to Find people there wanting to, you know, enjoy their time, meet new people, and come there with peace. Though we are fighting, you know, and that's a a violent sport, at the end of the day, we want everyone to walk away safely and be able to go home, you know, fine. So, it's a a really good
0: environment. Definitely. And... Yeah, I wasn't like trying to like talk smack about him, calling him small and little and didn't think he was a fighter. But no. first impressions, like looking at him, I'm like, okay, he's like the promoter. I wouldn't think of him as a fighter.
1: No, yeah, he uh, he's definitely, uh, you know, he's a peaceful guy. He's, uh, yeah, he's definitely a smaller guy too. So, you uh, wouldn't see it. can definitely throw down too. <laughs>
0: Speaking of throwing down, you threw down this weekend. You beat Midnight. Uh, it kind of ended in a little controversy. He supposedly slipped on water, hurt himself, and, you know, kind of got carried off to his corner. But you were beating him pretty handily. If it would have went to judges right before that situation happened, you were winning hands down. There's no way the refs could have voted for the other dude. So I'm not saying nobody cheated or, you know, did anything goofy. But I thought you were the winner hands down. Anyway, talk about that fight and what that meant to you. I mean, you're putting on a show.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, You know, I went into that fight wanting to prove myself. I actually lost this weight to go down to lightweight. I started um, as a middleweight, and I went down to lightweight because the champion at lightweight had no opponents. No one wanted to fight him. So I told him that I would lose the weight to fight him. And then once I got to that weight, he told me I had to earn. I hadn't fought anyone that was good enough. And Midnight was 9-1 before he fought me, so I ended up taking that fight, and I beat him. You know, that's why I ended up calling him out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into the fight with Midnight, I felt like I had to prove myself, and I also wanted to put on a show because, uh, you know, I have, I have a lot of fans, a lot of people that, uh, you know, I just I like to get the crowd going. I like to include the crowd and, you know,
0: have them enjoy their time definitely what was you know your strategy against midnight what were you trying to do obviously this is a boxing match so you know obviously you're trying to guard yourself and throw some dukes but i mean look like you came in like planned you were strategic about what you were doing
1: i knew he was going to be very elusive and very fast uh, a lot of movement so most people most boxers they they don't train backing up when they train it's not they usually don't have a lot of pressure on them my main goal was just to be in his face, block his shots. You know, basically just crowd him and make him flustered, and then make him open up and then hit him with that big shot. Uh, I was trying to go for uh, the body a little bit, but he uh, was guarding pretty
0: well, so that's why I had to open him up with the big shots. Nice. And you said he went into this nine and one. What was your record going in? Four and one. Four and one. Now you're five and one. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Isn't a little bad start to your career here, five and one? Oh yeah,
1: no. Uh so I actually lost my first fight and it was actually to my current teammate now. I didn't train at all for my first fight. It was basically, you know, I just messaged Robert and it was like, I wanna fight and he's like, just, you know, make a post on my, my page asking for a fight and see who wants to and uh, my buddy Denzel ended up accepting the fight, and uh, it was an MMA fight. And he ended up beating me in the first round. But after that, he messaged me and asked me to come train with him and uh, Two Strong. And after that, I've been on a, a win streak, a five
0: win streak now. Nice, nice. Couple things I want to get back to. You did mention that you called out the champ. What is the champ's name right now?
1: His name is Armand Palmer Jr.
0: Gotcha, and you call them out, you get the mic after you beat Midnight, and you're like, hey, I want a title shot. Has anything been said or done since then?
1: Midnight is number three. He's uh, he's ranked number three. I was ranked number six, so I beat him, and I took his place. Armand is champion, and there's actually someone above me, and his name's Little Demo. He is not the number one contender. We actually have a group chat of all the fighters, just so you know, like, All the fighters we get, you know, we just talk about uh, different things, you know, setting up different fights who we think would be good matchups and different stuff like that. And basically we're discussing that, well, Armand thinks that uh, me and Will Demo should fight uh, for the number one contender for the title shot. Me and Will Demo both agree that it should be me that gets the title shot. We shouldn't even have to fight for it because... Basically, Lil' Demo's not interested in the belt. He just wants to fight Armand, so that's why he's saying I should fight for the title shot, and then after I get the title shot is when Lil' Demo wants to fight. But Armand is just not going for that, personally. I think it's because he knows that I'm one of the top contenders and one of the real competitions for him. I'm not saying I'm going to beat him. I believe I can beat him. I I believe I have the skill and potential to beat him. But, you know, he is a dog. You know, he's really good.
0: So, uh, But I think I I do have him scared. (laughs) Nice. So you think you just got him shaking in his boots? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Most definitely. Nice, nice, nice. I'm betting he wasn't expecting you to call him out. And, man, you got the crowd into that. As soon as you said, I want a, a shot at the title, you know, it, there was an uproar.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that um, agree that I deserved that title shot. And uh, there's a lot of people that think I'm going to take the title from him. He, he can only run for so long. He can only... Uh, push off the inevitable for so long, and I'll be ready. I'm working every day, doing everything I can to uh, improve myself, improve my skills, honing on the things that I need. You know, I'm doing what I need to do.
0: Perfect, perfect. Do you have a nickname? We talked about Midnight and Little Demo and stuff like that. Do you have a name you go by? Uh,
1: yes, and uh, I'll actually give you a little backstory on how I got the name. So, uh, My buddy Seth and Nathan, I think you know them. Uh, So they have these devices called one wheels, which is basically like a hoverboard on one wheel. Um, they were riding them, and I was jogging with them, and we were probably riding for about two miles before uh, a Seth looks over. He's all like, are you not tired? And I was like, no. And he's all like, geez, you don't need no brakes. And that just kind of clicked in my head. I was like, that's my nickname, Nathaniel No Brakes Blanton. So, uh, and then it kind of just stuck from there.
0: Perfect. So, so it's no brakes. I like it. Yeah. And it's your initials, too.
1: Yeah, that, that's where I thought it, it worked out, too kind of sounds good it's
0: perfectly so i mean i asked you how you got involved in this and like you know kind of why you wanted to do it but what's like the background behind that like why fighting why is this something you wanted to do what gets you motivated to come and say hey i want a title shot hey i want to fight you and put on some gloves or get in the mma mat and you know fight I was a wrestler uh, growing up. I did
1: wrestling for seven years, so I've always just had that competitive mentality. I uh, loved stepping on the mat and looking across my opponent and, you know, breaking them down. I just loved the the competition side of it, you know. Even the losing side of it, even if I I lost a match, uh, you know, I loved it because it it just showed that I, I needed to improve. Growing up, I've always just been a a fighter. You know, in high school, I got in a lot of fights, which, of course, isn't necessarily good, but, um, you know, I just kind of showed that that I just had that mentality of, like, never backing down, and you really kind of need that to be a fighter, kind of just need to have that mentality of just, uh, you know, having that grit, that determination.
0: Got to be a little aggressive and physical, too. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. You got to have uh, social skills, too. You got to know how to use the mic. You got to know how to rile up the crowd, get your opponent going. That's also a big part of it is uh, talking. Most of the time, I'm, I'm usually pretty respectful. But towards the champion, I've been a little bit more uh, pushy just because he's been making me uh, jump through hoops to get the title shot. So I've been kind of more rude about that. <laughs>
0: You know, we've talked about MMA and boxing. I mean, is Peoria Fight Club both? What are you most interested in, and are you doing both?
1: It's more or less boxing. That's what they uh, started off on and uh, originated on. That's what most of the fighters are focused on. You will have those uh, few people that like like to do MMA. I personally want to focus on MMA because, you know, in the future, obviously, I want to Move on to bigger things, bigger events. Uh, there are a few actual events that are interested in having some PFC fighters uh, come over and join them. There's a In Iowa, there's a place called B2 Fighting, and then there's also a place called True Rev Fighting. They, they were both interested in having me come over and,
0: and fight, but the date just didn't work for me. Uh, but that's definitely something I, I'm going to do in the future. That will be uh, MMA. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're just interested in doing it all? You just want to fight, put on some gloves, whatever gloves they are? Oh, yeah. Because you don't take no breaks, man.
1: No breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, I've also been going to uh, Danny Rodriguez's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class uh, here in Puro Mall. It's actually a really good place to train Danny Ryan because he started it. He's a seven-time world champion in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, so his uh, classifications are very, you know, very prestigious. Um, not only that, also my coach, Lucas Gottlieb, he's also uh, – very uh, talented and experienced in fighting. Uh, he actually just went and represented the United States and Italy for uh, K1 kickboxing. Though he did lose, he did a really good job. Uh, you know, he fought one of the best fighters in the world and went toe-to-toe with him uh, for three rounds. It was, you know, really good, good war. The people I'm training with, it's its not like they're just uh, backstreet ballers. They've trained for a very long time.
0: You know, they know what they're doing. Danny is actually a year older than me in school. And as soon as he started getting into this, I'm like, man, he's going to be pretty good. Because I always knew him as like an aggressive physical athlete. I've seen him wrestle. And was, as soon as he started this, I was like, uh-oh, this uh, fighting world's got a, a, you know, a menace on their hands
1: i've been on the forefront of his attacks he uh, actually caught me flush with a uh, roundhouse kick to the nose and uh it definitely put me on my butt uh for a second there they definitely know what they're doing down there in
0: peru you Now i've only been training for eight months and you know i've i've improved immensely yeah let's talk about your training i mean Not saying you were fat. I mean, I'm not a small dude myself, but you were a little huskier, a little bigger, and then Um, I seen you...
1: I'm okay with it. I was fat. I weighed 215 pounds at my heaviest, and I'm 5'5", so, uh, you know, people that are listening put that into perspective. That's, uh, that's, you know, you could roll me down a hill if you wanted. (laughs) 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 To lose that weight, basically what I did is cut down on my eating habits, You know, no more snacking. I stopped eating past 8 o'clock. No more soda. Water became my main drink. And just a lot of running. It started off as just barely being able to do a mile every three days to running at least four miles a day. It was funny. Actually, I did three miles one day and I was like, you know, and next year I want to be able to do 10 miles. And then for some reason the next day I woke up and I was like, you know what? No, you're going to run eight miles today. And I went, I ran eight miles. I just kind of keep this mentality of, you know, your your mind will tell you you can't do something or it'll put a limitation on you but your body in reality can do it so i just kind of let my body take over when i'm training you know i don't let my mind tell me i'm tired you know it's been working out for me
0: you were saying you wrestled as a kid did you wrestle for mendota because you did graduate from mendota high school right
1: yes uh well i actually um i ended up going to ivct and getting my uh high school equivalency my junior year I ended up graduating early, technically, but yes, I did, I did wrestle in uh, Mendota. I didn't wrestle in high school, sadly. I should have taken advantage of that. I wish
0: I did, but uh, I didn't. I wrestled from third grade to eighth grade. And then I should have asked this question about two minutes ago, but we were talking about your weight loss and you were 215. What are you now?
1: I am currently at about 161. I fought midnight at about 157. I was at 157 on fight day. And then, you know, of course, Thanksgiving happened. So I've just been snacking a little bit here and there, eating my turkey and all that. But uh, relatively, I'm still staying around fight me.
0: You went from 215 to 157 in what time frame?
1: Um, uh, it's, It was about eight months. I, I think
0: it was. I, I don't know the exact day, but I know it was like around eight months. That's amazing! Congratulations, my dude.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: That's not easy to do, and you're learning something that you wanted to learn on top of that. Eating healthy, you got to feel pretty good about yourself. Oh
1: yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, I couldn't do it without uh, you know all the help I've gotten from my friends and family, and uh, you know, newfound group that I I came across after you know finding PFC definitely been a big
0: motivation a a big help awesome man awesome what are your goals for this i mean how long do you want to stick around pfc do you want to go to different levels i mean this right now is kind of backyard fighting even though it's in a building it's still kind of backyard fighting how far most definitely um you know at, at this point pfc in my eyes is more just an experience thing basically once i get that title fight is
1: when i will actually start getting paid i get paid to fight for the title shot and then after that if i do win every fight after that i will get paid for it i had a few opportunities come my way that i had to uh turn down due to work and a few other things you know, so I, I've had an opportunity to fight for True Rev and B2, and then I also had an opportunity to go to Kentucky to fight for the uh, K1 kickboxing. Uh, it wouldn't have been for to represent the United States, but it would have been an opportunity to get my name out there. I do want to advance uh, later on into a sanctioned. Right now, I'm just using PFC as a way to get experience, um, you know, fight different types of fighters, and, uh, you know, really just dip my toes in it and see what see what the fighting world brings to me.
0: Gotcha. So you're, in an essence, taking it fight by fight and see what happens next.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Most definitely. Well, man, from Edge of Your Seat Podcast and me, Brandon LaChance, much props, um, happy, proud of you, everything that you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you for coming out and showing support.
0: Of course, man. Of course. But now you got to play an edge of your seat podcast game. I can't let you get on here and talk and then not play a game. So we got to do that. Hey, I've been waiting for it. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Let's play now and then. We've obviously been talking about fighting MMA. I want to know your favorite MMA fighter of all time and your favorite MMA currently.
1: Okay, so I'll start with uh, my favorite fighter of all time. I would say that would definitely have to be Matt Hughes. And the reason for that is because, you know, I'm traditionally a wrestler. That's my background. I come, came from wrestling. And uh, if you, you know, watch UFC or, you know, know a lot of the history of UFC, um, Matt Hughes was a wrestler. He was one of the top wrestlers. Um, I mean, he beat George St. Pierre, Frank Triggs. Uh, BJ Penn, you know, the list goes on of the people that he's fought and beaten, you know, so he's just kind of like, uh, I would say... You know, the fighter I would want to be like the most if I pick a fighter. My favorite fighter currently, that's very hard. Uh, There's a lot of uh, very talented fighters and a lot of very entertaining fighters. But skill-wise, just like, you know, putting all of of it together overall, I would probably say right now my favorite fighter is Justin Gaethje. He's an entertaining fighter all around. He doesn't back down. I've actually been competitive. Compared to Justin Gaethje a couple times, uh, just because, you know, that that constant pressure walking forward, you know, you're never really backing away from your opponent. You know, he's just a very, uh, you know, a very hard uh, fighter. Um, you know, he's got outstanding kicks. He actually just beat Michael Chandler. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure he's going to get a, a title shot. Um, you know, he's a, just, a, you know, all around a really good fighter, a very entertaining
0: fighter, too. Nice. So it's all about the entertainment.
1: Oh yeah. That's uh that's one of the biggest one of the biggest things in, in fighting. You can be, um, you know, the best fighter of all time, but if, you know, you're just laying on your opponent and then walking out of the arena and not saying anything to your fans or getting them all riled up, then you're just a boring fighter that knows how to fight. If you're watching UFC, you're paying for it. You're paying a decent amount. You're wanting to be entertained. You're not just wanting to, you know, of course, yes, they're fighting, but you're also
0: wanting them to put on a show and entertain. You know, you got to be an, an entertainer. One last question, and I'm going to let you go. I mean, when I was there, there was other mutual friends of ours and kind of like a mother figure to you. I mean, you're friends with her son, Nathan. Amber came, show some love, some support. And, you know, every time that you got hit or something, she'd like raise her arms or wince or, you know, things like that. What do your parents and your loved ones think about you doing something like this where, you know, it's real. You're real fighting. It's not professional wrestling where you're taking bumps, but you're getting hit all the time.
1: It's just kind of how you would expect uh, it to start As at first. You know, they all were very uh, cautious about it and very nervous, especially my mom, you know, because she knows that I, I wasn't training, you know, especially the first fight. The first fight, they were, they were terrified. They were like, no, you shouldn't do it. And I, I told, actually, I told my family I wasn't going to do it, and then I went and did it because, you know, that's me. It was kind of funny. I lost the fight and everyone just looked at me and they're like, see, you shouldn't have done it. And then I started training and, you know, started taking it more serious. And I think around two, around two months of me, uh, you know, training and losing the weight, dedicating myself to it, is when they started to come around a little more, you know, they're like, all right, right, at least you're training. You're not, you know, you're not just going in there blind and, you know, just doing this willy-nilly, you know, and now that I'm, you know, actually doing it and making something of it and winning and improving tremendously, you know, they're full supporting it, you know, I have all my family members constantly on Facebook, you know, sharing it and showing the love and, you know, they're all telling me they want to come out and watch the fights and stuff like that you know it's it's hard to come out uh, two hours away from home and make the fights but you know they they're definitely trying so it's that's you know that all that counts but yeah they definitely came around but at first they definitely were hesitant that's
0: for sure for sure for sure well man they don't have any reason to be hesitant now because you are doing your thing congratulations on the win that i saw the previous four and i know you're gonna have some more racked up there in no time so congrats on everything you're doing thank you for joining edge of your seat podcast nathaniel blanton aka no breaks thank you my man thank you so much for having me i hope you have a good day